You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour. I'm Sharon Kleiner. Our subject each week is the power of water and our life and our health and climate change on this earth and how you can learn to live with the earth. You know, we're under a lot of stress, but there's been stress long before. You've had a lot of the economic challenges that are all affecting us. The stress of dry air. Air is dry. And if any of you were reading some of the Associated Press releases in the past few weeks, that the studies of seasonal influential have long been found indications that flu spreads better in dry air. And for you to understand that, the air you're living in must have what's called absolute humidity, the moisture you cannot see in the air. For you, for your skin to be able to detoxify, open up, let the toxin out, be lubricated, be solvent, um, be flexible, and because the skin is the largest organ of the body, and it's your immunity protection. And then when your eyelid opens, the organ of the eye is the only eye organ not ex- covered by the skin at that moment. So you're very susceptible to what's going on in the air. Our show each week is to teach you uh, how to think, how to live, and you let, listen to your own particular rhythm. There's a dehydration subject that is always overlooked And during the show, think about the dehydration subject in your own mind. Now, I'll be your teacher. 30 years ago, I learned that the moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe, you left a womb of water. You nourished for all those months in water. Why did you, why was that? It's because you had your organism fed only on the nourishment surrounded by water. But then when you were born and you were in that moment of second, popped into the air you're living in, at that moment, you no longer had the water around you. You were living in whatever moisture that your body's organism could pull out of the air, pull to you to live with a lubrication and, and, and solvent of moisture, the, the moisture you cannot see. And that is what gives every bit of or all of the organisms on earth to thrive. Thrive with moisture, water. And without water, there is no earth. And without water, there is no health for the species, you and I, or the blade of grass to live. You must think about the dehydration. Now, that moment when you're born, and think about it as we discuss during the show with our guests on health and the nature of Earth's nature, that moment when you were born, no two eyes, your eyes are like nobody else's, the skin on your complexion are like nobody else's, and no two fingerprints are like. That's your individual dehydration. So if dehydration is causing the problems of lack of moisture in the air uh, causes flu, you can imagine all their other research that they have not discovered yet that causes symptoms of problems. But I'm saying the pressure on you every day causes stress is because of your own dehydration, of your own choices of your body's organism. You don't even get the choice. Now, are you drinking enough water? You better. You should drink between 8 and 10 glasses of water. When you have sugar before the water, you've, you've drowned your, de- that's a dehydrator. Please drink at least 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. Watch out for the sugar. 
It's a severe dehydrator. If you love stress, you thrive on anxiety and all the symptoms that go with allergies and getting the common flu and the viruses and so on, you, you won't want water. You want to live with your sugar because that's kind of fun. Get all those anxieties and say, I can complain all day. But if you want to live a healthy lifestyle and live with the ecosystem with the rest of us who really care about our health and try to work as hard as we can with responsibilities of our health, we're going to cut off the sugar and really dive in to what we can do to retain the water and drink a lot of water. That's what this show is all about, life on this earth and living with it. It's exciting. And the Associated Press uh, with the uh, National Academy of Science, when they announced that this recently, they did say for the public, they added, it shows that in some cases it may be very worthwhile to add a little humidity to your air around you as you live your lifestyle, especially around your eyes, your nose, and your complexion so you can breathe it. Our show today is going to be exciting. Before we go on, though, got to hear about the population. The population in the United States grew by 47,966 people. In the world, it grew 1,520,865 people. And we need water, and we want that ecosystem to be healthy on Earth and the nature of all of us. Today, we're going to have an exciting show. Dr. Alan Kadish, who's a naturopath, and I, I love to have the naturopaths on because they really do study the nature of your life and your health, and they're very dedicated with mission statements, like other doctors are with other occupations. But the nature path dives into the nature of your body. Then our second guest is Chip Jenkins, who is going to be discussing with us, who's the superintendent of the North Cascade National Park Complex. And you're going to have a lot of fun with that one today. I was studying the Cascade Mountains, and you will be shocked here in America with learning more about the Cascade Mountains. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research Centers, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of replenishing moisture to the eyes with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. You're listening to the Sharon Klein Hour, the power of water, global warming, and your health. But I'm going to get away from the word global warming because I don't want you to be misunderstanding. I am involved in anything to do with what's been uh, decided that global warming is causing. I think it's a climate change. And there's been too many discoveries of what has been uh, a conflict of, of the opinions. And uh, I think we should say the climate change that's been going on for the millions of years to affect your nature of your health. And the uh, the environmentally 
most chic people in the world, let's say, really care about a lifestyle of learning more in their lifestyle of being environmentally chic. And that's why I was hoping to have Dr. Katie Sean today. Are you with us, Dr. Katie? I am indeed. I want to thank you for joining us. I've enjoyed when we've been together in the past, and you probably heard me mention environmentally chic lifestyle. You fit it just perfect because in 2009, I have a mission. I want people to think it is chic, it's important, it's responsible to be to yourself, to think about a lifestyle of learning more about the nature of ourselves and the earth we're living with, and you fit. Um, did you have a subject that you had a favorite one today that you would like to teach? Well, I thought we talked about vitamin D a bit since it's been one of those hot okay. topics um, in medicine for some period. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that, needless to say, many people are inclined to get the rest of the story, if you will. That's right. So let's now, start with You know, that's food. the one thing I'm glad because you said that because people are confused, Dr. Kadish. I mean, look what I just said about global warming. Um, look what we're hearing. We're inundated with so much communications of what's going on, and then you find out later, oh, my gosh, there wasn't enough evaluation before they said it. In other words, when people talk, when I try to do with my studies, I try to say, well, evaluations and theories, and this is what we're finding, and this is the directions we're going because of this direction. They're making statements out there that you don't know which one is right and wrong yet. But tell us about vitamin D. Alrighty, so vitamin D. The essence of the story is that back in '04, some researchers were looking uh, into the question of do we have adequacy, and their particular quest had to do with is there a toxicity issue with vitamin D, and if so, why haven't we seen that uh, occurring typically, especially given the numbers that were present at the time. As it turned out, there were some mathematical errors made uh-huh. way back uh, in yeah, the 1940s yeah. when they first did the evaluation of vitamin D, and hence our new understanding that the amounts that are necessary for quite a few parameters uh, are actually completely incorrect. Now, let's help our listeners, because you're the, you're the professor in the classroom today. You're teaching us. When you say they make mathematical errors on a, on a supplement, vitamin D, to supplement mm-hmm. the body's deficiency. Before we go on, teach us about what the, the, what the quality of vitamin D is for, to be a supplement to our body's deficiencies. Okay, before we do that, let me just jump okay. in with one piece here, and this okay. will probably be one of the critical okay. understandings that your clients should really be hearing. Okay. So as you can imagine, 1940s, they did okay. not have calculators, and no one was double-checking their work. So when you went, if indeed someone was to check your vitamin D, the levels that we got that were considered acceptable were very, very low from our current state of knowledge. Mm -hmm. There are two forms of vitamin D currently available in the marketplace, vitamin D2 and vitamin D3. D3 is the preferential form for a number of reasons. Primarily, uh, absorption would probably top the list, and it's an easily, inexpensively available material that, quite frankly, because of its limited expense, for the most part, most people will get exactly what they're purchasing. So it's not so much a quality issue. This is the good news. This is one of those few that, yes, we could talk about solvent residues and some other parameters, but in general, Mm -hmm. if you purchase a container that says vitamin D, X number of international units, it actually will have X number of international units. That's the Mm -hmm. good news. Okay. Okay. So... The next step that you want to probably bring to everyone's attention is going to be, how do you know if you have enough? You've probably seen the press tout more is better. 
Well, I agree with you, Sharon. The catch is more is not always better. In fact, sometimes it's just the opposite. So using a little common sense goes a long way. Oh, I love the word common sense. So what should you do? The best thing to consider, especially if you're living anywhere, and I'm in Oregon, so quite frankly, the majority of Oregonians, Washingtonians, um, I, people in Idaho in the Northwest Corridor, typically, and there's some very interesting numbers that I'll quote you in a moment, may have a substantial deficiency. Now why? So here's what we need to know. How low are you? Because not everyone is universally low. And I will tell you that the classic individual walks in here asking me this question is the gal or guy who's been out gardening, does a lot of outdoor work, and says, you know, I get lots of sun exposure, so I should have a fairly substantial vitamin D level. Well, truth be told, that's not, in fact, generally the case. So with that said, let me uh, give you a couple of quick numbers talking about how many folks are actually going to be deficient when you see this. Now, these are numbers coming from uh, a number of areas of the country, so it's not universal to just the Northwest. So it's important for everyone to recognize there's plenty of folks who need a little bit more. The current levels that are being quoted are ranging between 37 to 54% having some degree of deficiency. That's a huge number. That's a huge number of folks who may need a little bit more vitamin D. So let's okay, backtrack. Okay, before you go too much further, let's explain to the novice out there who, yeah, they've heard of vitamin D and they always shake your head, yeah, I've heard of vitamin D. Right. But why does a person even need vitamin D? Great question. So following through the newspapers, you've probably seen that we started with the concept that vitamin D and your bones were the key piece to this puzzle. Well, we need to throw that aside quite substantially. Yes, vitamin D is absolutely essential if you want to absorb and actually get the benefit of uh, vitamin D uh, or a calcium in your bones and have them actually manufacture a higher density. So okay. that's one piece. The newest and in other words, work, retain the mo moisture level in the body. Uh, well, I'm not so sure about the moisture level. I'd say in this case we're talking absorption of calcium that can be integrated ultimately in bone matrix. Mm -hmm. I think that's more the concept there. Now, the other pieces that are going to be critical to, the, to folks is that it does a lot more. In fact, vitamin D may no longer be a vitamin. It may be reclassified as a pro-hormone. Huh. Why? Well, everyone has probably seen the newspaper articles touting the fact that there's a decrease in cancer uh, incidences with adequate amounts of vitamin D. An interesting study was uh, done in 07 in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. 77% decrease in incidence rates of uh, overall cancers with adequate amounts of vitamin D. Well, there I'm coming in with my background in studies in the molecular side of retaining the moisture so you can detoxify those cells. Absolutely. So that's where I was this, coming from. Piece of this puzzle. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Then the next piece that you want to think about is, well, how do, what else does it do? Okay. Well, it turns out that there is an incredible high incidence of very low amounts of vitamin D, 78%, reduction in the incidence of type 1 diabetes when people have adequate amounts of vitamin D. Uh -huh. So now we've got two completely different pieces. Going. You've got cancer issues. Yeah. You have issues with diabetes. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Then it keeps going. How and about that hypertension? That the, yeah, and that one, if, and, and describe something for me so that our listeners will understand even diabetes. Uh, what is the deficiency when you have diabetes? Explain that to them. 
Well, diabetes, there are two major styles, but the essence is that your insulin is no longer working properly and your ability to control your blood sugars is, there we go. is going haywire. Okay, that, and then there again, as we back to the, the normality of the cell is deficient in moisture. It's, it, has, it's, it has to detoxify. Uh, that's my world. So I'm, I'm just going to talk on that side too. But here we go now, going forward with vitamin D. Tell me more. So the key piece that most people want to take home as the message to know when you see your physician mm-hmm. is that the first step, check your level. Don't assume that you need more and place more into the body. That's not a smooth move. The first step is how much do you have? There are two tests that are currently present for vitamin D from the blood, and it's the only test that's really out there, Um, the 125 and the O25. The one that you want to use, and this is important, is the O25 test. Okay. And by those quick uh, summations, there's a little bit more to it. Anyone in a lab would know which one you prefer. Okay. So the O25 is going to give you a good sense of where are you, the numbers you're looking for. The U.S. government changed... Uh, the laboratory numbers to a minimum of 32. It used to be 20. Mm-hmm. What we now know from literature, and I think there's enough time and energy into this that I would agree, is that at least a minimum of 50 and preferentially more towards uh, 60 to 70. What are some of the symptoms of a person bef- that they've... Great uh, question. Hmm. There's a wonderful set of studies talking about depression. Hmm. Interesting. Blood, su- blood sugar problems. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to back up on the word depression. Let's just say good old stress. If you feel like there's a weight on you, your eyes are blurry, you're tired, you become very exhausted by uh, 11 o'clock instead of 2 o'clock, and uh, you're feeling an anxiety that, that you're tired. Uh, now we're going forward with the pressure of stress. Go forward. So we know that it has an effect on serotonin. So let's think about There we this. go, serotonin. Let's talk about the season. So if, as an example, you're someone who notices during the darker times of the seasons you're having much less of a happy day, mm-hmm. this may be a big piece of your puzzle, and it does fluctuate. Oh. Vitamin D levels will change throughout the season, and it is found in a high percentage that individuals with seasonal affective disorder may be vitamin D deficient. Now, would that also have a symptom if they went to find out, to check their potassium levels and their sodium levels? You know, Um, we have a society that's always worried about too much sodium, and then some people are not getting enough sodium and potassium. I'd agree with the latter more than the prior. Okay. The problem is that, in general, most folks are going to experience a, a higher sodium to potassium load, and if you're using a more natural lifestyle, you'll find that your potassium intake far exceeds your sodium intake. Okay, there we go. Okay. So vegetables and other pieces of that uh, aspect will influence okay. the potassium sodium. So going back to Symptoms. the other issue, if you have the wherewithal, you will check your vitamin D level. Mm-hmm. If you've had any problems, one of the things I've found, I think clinically this is a real good catch for currently being in the very beginning days of March, if you've had a prevalence towards colds, just that good old, gee, I don't feel right, and I've got a little sniffly mm-hmm. nose, and I'm coughing and a little and hacking thing and what have you, and of course your coworkers are doing it. likewise. Yeah. You know, I have clinically observed now over the last number of years a consistent correlation between higher levels of vitamin D mm-hmm. and less intensity of the cold and less frequencies. Uh-huh. So another piece to consider, if you're the gal or guy who's out there saying, you know, 
gosh darn it, it comes down the pike, everyone in the office gets it, and sure enough, I can absolutely count on being the next person in line, you mm-hmm. may want to check your vitamin D. Absolutely. Right, right. Now we need to take a break for our sponsor so we can continue. When we come back, we'll be discussing that one so they can understand the symptoms and learn more that there is a real, something, there is a real product for a supplement called vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor with Biologic Aqua Research Center's Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of supplementing the tear film. If, the, if your eyes are dry, the air is dry, to, with just a mist, you can use Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Dr. Kadish, uh, with the vitamin D supplement, we for the people all around the world that are listening um, to understand that uh, the there are two to the vitamin D. There's the vitamin D. Two, you say, uh, types, and vitamin three, uh, vitamin uh, the three uh, type. Uh, correct? Hello? Hello? I'm here. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Not a problem. And, uh, Not I a problem. So, yes, there is vitamin D2 and vitamin D3. Okay, One of the other key pieces that would be significant for your clients to hear is that your physician may ask, especially if it's very low, to put you on the 50,000 international units of vitamin D2 that is a prescription product. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Why not? The current research is showing that it's only 10 to 12% absorptable, and because of cost, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Again, vitamin D is an inexpensive vitamin, and there's no reason to be putting out big dollars. How many milligrams do you think on the type 3? Well, here's the catch. It's international units. There is a conversion between milligrams to international units, but you will see it always represented in IUs. Okay. The essence is that we're now seeing, at least on the toxicity studies, that for the average adult, 4,000 international units has been found to be safe consistently across the board. Okay. My experience, especially since we do check blood levels, which, by the way, it takes because it's an oil-soluble nutrient, this is going to take an average of approximately six weeks to eight weeks to reach a plateau. So don't go three days later going, hey, doc, I need my blood taken again. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Let, let it get to a, a plateau and then take the blood. Now, I had a question right there real quick, and I'll interrupt once in a while. Um, is I had this thing about when a person's taking a certain supplements that they can cause a lot of toxin because you're taking too many that maybe they have a negative to each other if you're taking too much. Because a layman, as you know, in your field, has a tendency with supplements to think that they're natural and they would be safe. When you're taking a vitamin D supplement, are there certain other supplements that you should be very cautious with that you're taking? Well, absolutely. Thank Um, you. First, let me address the 
beginning okay, piece you, of you your statement. You go do that first and then come back. Okay. 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 The issue here is that can you take too much? Absolutely, positively. Are supplements the answer to life? No. Food yeah. is your answer to life. Food and water and water good air hurt. quality. I mean, that's <laughs> the obvious here. But, but are we going to get adequacy? Well, now we know for certain that in many areas we may not. So being selective, and that's the key take-home message, being selective about what product you are using and how much is going to really make the difference. Yeah. So with the vitamin D, the studies have consistently shown safety levels at up to 4,000. Here's what I suggest to almost everyone universally. Mm-hmm. Don't take any until you know what your blood level is. Okay. At that point, a good clinician will be able to direct you appropriately In our clinic, as an example, we use anywhere from literally 1,000 international units all the way straight through to 10,000, and that can include up to per-day units. So that's quite a substantial variance between 1,000 to 10,000, and you can appreciate that some individuals are incredibly low. Mm -hmm. Who might that be? Well, you'd be surprised. Now, think this through, though. How many of us spend most of our day inside? Well, the majority. I sit at a desk all day. Exactly. You're sitting in front of a computer. How much ultraviolet stimulation do you think you're getting? None. None. You go out maybe for lunch. Mm-hmm. By the time you leave your office, it's Just sitting next getting to dark. Help. <laughs> so realistically, um, most of us don't get a whole lot of exposure, and that could bring us to a whole other conversation, which, of course, we'll do that have one to someday. do with outdoor <laughs> issues. But that's another day. Okay, we'll do it another day. So with the vitamin D, the first piece of the puzzle, check your levels, get an idea where you now, are. I, You're looking optimally between levels? 50 to 70. Can those, pe- can those people have levels check like that in uh, naturopath offices? Well, well let, let's redefine that. In okay. a naturopathic physician's office, yes. Okay. Uh, the word naturopath, unfortunately, has okay, no I'm meaning sorry, in I... most states because there is no licensure except in 15. There we go. Yeah. So let's be very clear. The essence is I'm addressing uh, those who are licensed physicians. Yeah. Any and all of those would have absolutely no qualms. And your MD or DO could do likewise, as exactly. could your FNP or PA. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So you do have access. Yes, okay. It's an inexpensive test if, and here's another caveat of reality, if your physician has negotiated pricing, the difference can be hundreds of dollars. And I know that seems crazy, but literally it should run in generally about the $40 to $50 range to check. Mm-hmm. Life Extension Foundation runs some tests that you can also run without a physician direct, which is lef.org. So you could do this on your own if you can't get someone to cooperate with you. You're not stuck. And I know there are other labs that likewise will do a test for you of vitamin D. But remember to ask for the O25. Now, before we go too far, before I forget, I need to come back to some more of those symptoms, too, because ah. this is an exciting education today. You're a good teacher. Thank you. Now, um, we said stress, but what are some of the other symptoms? Well, some of the things I find that are pretty common, besides the consistency of colds, besides the depressive issues, and it, is and hormonal is hormonal problems where you can't seem to get a good, solid, consistent basis, for, particularly in female clients. It's, mm-hmm. That'll be more menopausal women. And I have seen they seem to suffer an awful lot more of the variations. So mm-hmm. you think in terms of the classic menopausal symptoms, whether it's hot flashes or dryness mm-hmm. in general, whether it has to do with mood liability. And all of this fits because... Now, what about children? Um, Children, their findings, shockingly, have more deficiencies than they ever thought because mm-hmm. they're learning more about some of those symptoms can be 
uh, lack of something in uh, the body's organism that they required. And I'm going to go back to my field is the dehydration side. But um, in children, what would be some of the symptoms? Typically, um, lassitude. They just don't have much get up and go. Okay, there we go. The other piece that you look for, of course, is pallor. Um, I mean, the classic piece, of course, is having to do with calcium issues. Now, what about bone the growth and bone yeah. density when you start hearing too many uh, aches and pains. But again, this is very nonspecific, and I don't want to get too broad a spectrum well, only because you have yeah. to evaluate someone individually. Yeah. yeah, right. Now, is there something in the skin that people could see in themselves that shows that there's something that is a little dry skin? Do they have a little nah. more dry? No, nah, unfortunately. Oh. Okay. I'd love to tell you there's a simple, easy don't have to take a blood test. But oh, I don't, really no, 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 I don't mean that. Some people won't go get the blood test and they're looking at themselves thinking, you know, I might be and there's, I've got stress and I've got some allergies and I get the common cold a little more than I wish. And is there something else? Is their skin looking dehydrated and drawn and not there's typically. nothing there? Okay. No, not typically. That's not okay. what you want to look for and I okay. would not use that as an indicator for vitamin D. Okay, okay. So the essence of the story is vitamin D is inexpensive. Vitamin D can be checked. Your numbers mm -hmm. that you want to look for are between mm -hmm. 30, uh, between, I'm sorry, 50 to 70 on the blood test. And you want to do the 125. The final piece that you're going to see if you're a person on the Internet regularly is there is a large dispute going on as to which lab has the correct number. Two major labs in our country, there's Quest Diagnostics and LabCorp, and they're done differently. And this is a conundrum of what is one to do? Well, here's what it appears at this point makes sense. LabCorp, which is uh, one of the largest in the country, seems to have the most accurate test according to some of the authorities out there at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Quest does a very good job with their vitamin D. However, the numbers seem to be about 15% inflated. Mm -hmm. So regardless of which one you use, if you just realize that uh, if Quest is the used process, reduce it by about 15%. That'll give you accuracy. And since there's such a nice, wide variation in what's safe, you should be okay even to push the numbers a little bit higher. When I say a little higher, some of the newest authorities out there are uh, indicating that, as an example, for recurrent breast cancer individuals, there is a study showing that 71 to 72 is an absolute minimum to be able to retard the uh, proliferation of their cancer cells. Hmm. Whereas we also know, according to some authorities, that up to 100, so you've got a lot of leeway here. when you here. say the word retired to our audience, you mean detoxify. I'm sorry, one more you time? You said retard the cancer cells. Oh, okay. Well, See, remember you're talking how, how about to, there actually it's a cell, what's happening is there's mediation of the uh, production of those cells in terms of their replication. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a detox issue, it's, it's quite a bit more. There's cell signaling that is giving, and with higher levels of vitamin D, it retards that and changes some of the DNA expression. Perhaps you know, the one thing I learned is um, the common sense of some of this evaluation is that because we're living with several trillion cells, and if one cell starts having a little bit of challenges and needs it to draw on to the next cell, and then you draw on to, it draws onto the next cell. It's the, it's what's going on into the with the dehydration of that cell that it has to start drawing on to each of those cells as they move along, uh, and keep their energy together. I'm I'm talking layman. 
and for the layman. And so what you're saying is that vitamin D uh, deficiency is uh, also another symptom of some of this uh, problem we're having in um, the structural of the bones and other uh, problems within the body because that will begin to affect the whole body because it goes all the way to the brain, the stress. It would affect the eyes because, you know, the eyes and the brain are connected. So this deficiency has been somewhat overlooked because we don't hear about it too commonly. And, and you know, doctor, people are skeptical. Um, you know, you can hear about all of it, but what do you believe? You know what I'm saying? So today your education has been teaching us how to think about it, to make up a decision if what we believe our own symptoms, uh, some of those symptoms that we're feeling about ourselves, uh, uh, that we think, oh, maybe I just should get more rest, or maybe I'm not eating right, or there's a, an, uh, there's a supplement there to think about to assist it. Now, do you believe that if a person starts using a supplement like that, and, of course, we're going to say drink a lot of water with it or it won't work. You, and you and I both agree with that. Um, is if they started taking a supplement of that kind, and in time they found that it's a supplement they wanted to stay, stay with, is, it, is there any chance that, that, that it may not work any longer if they took it ongoing for very long? No. Okay. No, that's not going to be. But the key take-home message is it will vary during sun, more sun exposure. So during the summer months, depending on your latitude, you may also find yourself saying, you know, maybe I should change the dose. Now, when you say You will never acclimate to it. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that that will occur. So decrease the dose or increase the dose? No, you'll decrease the dose. Decrease the dose because there's... Some folks, not like yourself or myself, as we're still in offices. Mm -hmm. I mean, we realistically do not get an extreme amount or even a minimal amount of UV exposure during the day. Now, when you're taking vitamin D, are there some other t- some foods you should be eating with it to make it even... Uh, well, clearly, more? if you're osteoporotic or osteopenic, meaning to say that your bone mass is a little on the low side, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to absolutely encourage dark green leafy vegetables, as mm-hmm. many as possible, possibly including that um, some of the fermented dairy products, although that's not a huge piece to my puzzle. Now, when you say fermented dairy products, explain to our audience what you mean. Fermented dairy products, the first thing you think of is yogurt. Okay. Uh, Kefir, those products would be a possibility. I'm not a big fan of the other dairy products solely because uh, the reality is the absorption, Mm -hmm. which is the key piece to this puzzle, is not as good as it ought to be for those calcium products. Now, what is your opinion right then and there, real quickly, about soy and and uh, these other products? Um, well, I have the uh, luxury of getting both the input from the Soy Council and from the anti-soy folks. Mm-hmm. And if you read carefully between the lines from what I can make of this consistent argument, it appears that neither one is right. They're somewhere in between. Eating soy products may be a totally appropriate and reasonable approach within reason, mm-hmm. not necessarily for young boys, but for most adults. It may actually reduce your prostate uh, potential as far as prostate cancer. There are some very big positives. I think where pieces of this puzzle got a little bit misunderstood was that certain soy concentrates, which included genistein, uh, which is one of the probably the primary concentrate you're going to see, um, is not necessarily a good idea. Unless now, what do you think about hemp, the new one, hemp? Um, I'm very pro-hemp. I'm very pro-hemp. It's a good protein, uh, limited amounts of reactivity in terms of allergy. 
It's a little bit. What about the carbohydrate side of it? No, it's. I think it's really a very good idea. Okay. I think it's a very good idea, especially considering our options are limited. You're either going to work with uh, things of the level of whey proteins mm-hmm. or egg protein, soy, yeah, rice, mm-hmm. and hemp. That's essentially what's out there, and pea protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience is a pea protein tastes awful. The hemp is tolerable, and then some. It has a pretty Explain good ratio. Explain to our audience, because it's going to be a new one coming on. I almost call them fattish because people like to try new things. Uh, what is hemp? Explain to our audience what hemp is. Well, um, hemp is just what you think it is, uh, except that it doesn't contain any of the active ingredients uh, of THC. No, 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 no. Explain. A lot of people don't know what hemp is. Oh, goodness. Um, it's from the marijuana pr- uh, plants. Okay. And these are uh, bred specifically um, for cultivation and industrial use because that particular product has a lot of application, including making rope. If you think about this, um, they used to, in the 1940s, make quite a few hemp products. We now actually have seen the introduction of hemp papers Mm -hmm. um, and other types of hemp fibers. And again, lots of industrial applications. Now they're deciding to take that same nutrient and put it toward foods. Right. Right. And again, in this it's case, you're not protein. going to, you can't smoke this stuff. No, you it's can't, the high protein um, can, uh, for the foods. Excuse me? It gives, provides another protein. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's a good pros, product to give consideration to, particularly if you're allergic to the primary uh, types of allergens, be that uh, dairy products. Okay, our time is over, darn it, because you're so good at this. And we'll do it again at your time. And I want to tell the audience how busy Dr. Katie is and to come on and be your teacher today. Um, what would you like to leave your audience with today for them to think Check about? Check your vitamin D. Seriously, do it. It's worth your time. It's worth mm-hmm. your trouble. The probability is high mm-hmm. that you may be one of those individuals who would benefit. It's inexpensive mm-hmm. and it's fairly non-toxic if taken mm-hmm. in reasonable dose. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And we want them to drink a lot of water, right? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. You're, You're welcome. Perfect. My pleasure. Okay. You have a nice day. You too. Bye. I always do this. Wow. I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, Dr. Katie's and whenever he's on and some of the doctors when they come on and they give you that definite evaluation. Now, remember, we're all evaluating on this earth because things change and people are different. And remember, you need to think about your vitamin D deficiency and and go to the website and learn more about what we said today. And you can hear it again. Uh, This show will archive this afternoon and we also editorialize. So think about it and think about what's best for your rhythm. And I have a new mission this year. In 2009, the environmentally chic lifestyle should be you thinking about your part of the ecosystem. We're going to listen to our sponsor from Biologic Aqua Research Center, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist to replenish the moisture loss because the air is dry for your eyes. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Cliff Jenkins and well, Chip Jenkins, excuse me, and learn more about the nature of the Cascade Mountains. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. 
Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Jenkins, are you with us, Chip? Yes, I am. I'm right here. Well, thank you for joining us. You know, the Cascade Mountains are going to be today. I want the world to listen uh, with the nature of what this planet did and the diversity uh, there. And you're with the park system, uh, and you call it the the uh, Cascade Complexity complex well, i mean it's it's uh it's actually the north cascades national park complex okay complex uh, yeah we're in uh we're in washington state uh and we uh butt right up against our uh neighbors to the north in canada okay and you're in in in, in north america yes that's right right now yep. uh how long have you been with the park system uh, I've been with the National Park Service for about uh, 25 years, but I've been working here at North Cascades for just about two years. All right. Well, let's tell the world about the North Cascades and what, how unusual. Uh, I got a map of the Cascades, and tell us, and we're going to put that on the website after the show, but the Cascades originate up in Canada also. Yeah, that's right. Actually, the, the, the entire Cascade mountain range actually runs from Northern California, Mount Lassen and, uh, and Mount Shasta in Northern California, and it runs up the spine. Uh, I like uh, that description, the spine. Yeah, the spine uh, through, uh, uh, through Oregon, Crater Oregon, Lake, Mount Washington, Hood, up Mount, to Cal- uh, Canada. and then uh, in, through Washington, Mount Rainier, uh, uh, Mount, Mount St. Helens, Helens, and Mount Baker, um, and, and then the, Hood the, on here in Oregon, the Mount Jeffer- Jefferson. Yeah. got an enormous amount of mountains here. That's right, and they, it, where I am is in the North Cascades, which is kind of from uh, I, the North Cascades ecosystem is about equal to where Seattle is, and it runs north into Canada mm-hmm. um, to the Fraser River Valley, where uh, about where Vancouver, uh, mm-hmm. Canada is. Okay, and now the diversity of all of it. They've got some influence with some other mountains, like the Sisiku Mountains. Yes. Now, uh, the Cascade Mountains are how old of a range? And tell me the length of the range. Yikes. Uh, I know. Okay. Now, you're, now, you're, <laughs> now you're quizzing me on things that I'm uh, – uh, because, the, the, well, the mountain range is very uh, – it's very complex geology. Right. Um, the, the, the largest mountains that, that people think of in the Cascades are the volcanoes, which are actually right. relatively – uh, recent features, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, geology of the uh, of the other part of the range is uh, is quite old. But I don't have that right at the top of my uh, top. That's okay. Top That's my... okay. We know it's millions. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you've got us. Is it three million acres? Uh, the entire ecosystem is about three million acres. The okay. North Cascades National Park is about six hundred and fifty thousand acres. Okay. Okay. Six hundred. Okay. You uh, six hundred. Yeah. Okay. And so the, so the North Cascades National the North there. Cascades National Park uh, uh, has uh, in within that 650,000 acres. There's over 300 glaciers, mm-hmm. um, about 42 square miles of ice. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the glaciers, uh, the glaciers feed uh, the, lar- the largest river that flows into Puget Sound, uh, the large body of water that Seattle and runs up to Vancouver and Victoria, uh, is the Skagit River, and the headwaters are in the North Cascade. So that's the enormous influence on the Puget Sound and all that water. Exactly. That's exactly okay. right. And it's, well, uh, probably uh, the enormous influence on all of that Seattle, Washington. Uh, I'm going to call it the monument of water because there's so much water. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whether it's in the whether it's in the atmosphere or uh, locked up in uh, in ice uh, in the glaciers, mm-hmm. uh, which then of course uh, melt and feed the streams and rivers uh, during the summer months. Okay. So the complexity and diversity of those mountain ranges that bridge through there, um, uh, the millions and millions of years. Although the Siskiyous is probably older mountain range, and then they begin to influence the future coming of the Cascade Mountain Ranges. Am I right or wrong? Um, that's, well, the, uh, the, the, the Siskiyous are further, uh, slightly to the south. Um, right, part I know of what that. has a greater influence on us is actually the Olympic Mountains, so, the uh, Olympic further Mountains. out to the west. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, into your park system now. Uh, have you noticed, before we move on, and because, you know, there's a, a buzz going on about global warming, have you noticed a climate change? And, and we have. Um, part of uh, uh, what, what we have noticed is that uh, of the 300 glaciers that we have in the park, they are shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and within the last uh, 100 years, we have lost about 45% of the mm-hmm. ice in those glaciers. Okay. We've also seen a change in the types of storms that we are having. Um, we're having um, larger uh, and more frequent flooding is, mm-hmm. uh, is happening in the ecosystem. Okay. And so the influence is what there that you've noticed? Is it, have you noticed your species that are there are getting, um, having an influential change for well, we're the animal to... or the uh, plant life? Uh, we're, we're, uh, the other things that we've noticed is that we're, uh, we're having um, larger and more intense uh, fires. Um, okay. We have anecdotal uh, information about this uh, species, particularly uh, mammals, and we've actually just in the last few years started a series of studies, for example, starting to look at uh, marmots and pika, which are animals that live at the very, very highest um, alpine environment, and seeing uh, w- what's happening in terms of the, uh, their, their populations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, about, what about the birds? Uh, you know, it's, it's, we've, we've not uh, seen a change in the bird population that we can, that we can attribute to climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're actually noticing with the birds is more about uh, impacts to the tropical rainforest down in South America because okay. many many of the birds that come up here in the summer go back to South America in the winter. They're called neotropical birds. Okay. Okay, because the birds do thrive to a lot. Of, they love that moisture seeking at different times of year. Uh, and so the types of trees, what type of plant life and trees do you have there? Well, it is uh, it is very diverse because we have the we have the uh, western um, you know, uh, 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 fir, um, cedar, uh, mm-hmm. uh, thick forests. Um, we move over onto the eastern side of the park where it's in the rain shadow and it's a lodgepole pine, ponderosa. It's a, it's a, um, because we, we run right along the spine in both sides where the moisture is heavy to the west and drier to the east. Now, when you say um, moisture is, you mean rainfall? Yes. And snow? Yes. Now, how much rain do you get a year? 
Uh, well, at, at Cascade Pass, we get uh, the equivalent of about 150 inches. A year? A year. And how much snowfall? Uh, well, that's a, well it's a, um, we can get, uh, there, there are places in the park where I think in the 1999, we had 1,000 inches of uh, snow. Oh, my uh, goodness. It's, yeah, we can get, we can, that's, that's why we've got 300 glaciers. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Now, uh, I am a thing about snow and rock. Are you familiar with the types of soil you have, or is that out of your world? And I'm rock there? not that familiar. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because that has a lot of influence on, uh, let's say, the nature of the climate and the millions of years, are come, they come together, the soil and the rock. Yes. But the type of trees you have and how tall do some of those trees get, and they're probably very old. Uh, they can get, you know, 100, 150 feet tall, and they can be, yeah, they can be uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years old. Right. Uh, particularly down in the valley bottoms. Okay, let's get into telling the world to come and see you. Where do they go to come and see this magnificent nature wonder? Well, if you're traveling, um, the, easiest, uh, the easiest airport to get to is to fly to uh, the city of Seattle, to, to, to the Seattle airport. Um, and we're about an hour and a half to two hours north of Seattle. We're about, uh, about halfway between Seattle and the Canadian border. Um, there's uh, uh, Highway 20 is the major uh, highway that kind of uh, uh, that connects to the park, or you can go around to the southern end of the park, um, out of the town of uh, Chelan, and you can take a two-hour boat ride up Lake Chelan, which is a 55-mile long lake, and that'll bring you to the community of Stahika. Now, what do you have if people uh, from around the world want to come? And I really stress coming to the West Coast for a uh, breath of fresh air. Uh, the, the, what is the seasons? They're so beautiful uh, year-round. Year, yeah, year round, uh, I'll tell you, our peak, you know, the peak visitation, uh, p- the peak visitor season really runs from about uh, June until uh, early November. Okay. And uh, it is a uh, very rugged, um, very uh, wilderness uh, park. Um, we have uh, literally 5,000-foot uh, uh, um, high uh, uh, mountains or deep valleys, you have climbers um, least, from all over the world to come and climb any particular mountains that would be recognized by the um, cl- climbers do come our uh, you know some of the some of the famous mountains are uh, Mount Shuxon and uh, well actually they're they're quite memorable names there's the Pickett Range and there's the Mount Terror Mount mm-hmm. Forbidable Mount mm-hmm. uh, Mount Despair mm-hmm. um, the, these are um, world very well known mount, uh, mountains for climbers yeah, the world-class um, uh, mountaineering. Um, so now you route. have people that are coming from all over the world, and I'm really encouraging the world to hear about the Cascade Mountains for mm-hmm. breath and therapy and living with nature on the ecosystem of this whole planet, coming and view- seeing this. Um, you've got an enormous mountain range park system, and the United States is very well known for beautiful parks, beautiful parks. Um, let's say they come and they fly in and they get, they. Uh, come to the website, and we'll get to that in a minute, and they learn how to Google their way to get there. What do you do for, let's say, tour guides or things to do that they can plan on before they get there? Well, one of the things you can do is you can go to the website for the North Cascades Institute, which uh, we have a brand-new $12 million environmental learning center uh, where uh, through the North Cascades Institute we offer a variety of different programs, whether it's uh, uh, um, uh, art or photography, hiking, canoeing, 
um, wow. uh, nature seminars. Uh, it's a it's a really uh, it's a wonderful. Junior facility. probably have a junior ranger system. We have a junior. We have a brand new junior ranger program, actually program. for kids starting five and up. Oh. Um, uh, and there's uh, uh, which is free uh, for families. We have uh, actually, if you go to our website, we also have an accessibility guide for uh, folks with uh, uh, in need of uh, uh, hearing impaired or mobility impaired. Uh-huh. Um, uh, things to do. Uh, now, and things- if they're coming there to plan, and they can come in to it's. Uh, uh, www.nps.gov. Yeah. Correct. Um, then, uh, N-O-C-A. N-O-C-A. Now, if they come in and they plan, here comes our season coming up uh, here soon, uh, people from all over the world, to get out and enjoy the planet. Uh, this is a family planet. And come to the West Coast and come to this, the, the mountains of the West Coast and this beautiful mountain ranges of the Cascades. Uh, they would fly in uh, or drive wherever and then drive to this location, but they could Google and come in and pre-plan some of the things they'd like to do, and that's probably going to be encouraged for people who really want to not stand in line very long and have a pre-planned park uh, plan, a pre-planned plan uh, within the park for them to see as much as they can. Uh Uh-huh. We we actually have... uh, um relatively small visitation compared to our sister parks up here in Washington State, Mount Rainier or, or Olympic. And it's actually very easy to come up and get a campsite or a backcountry permit. Or, now, are there lodges? Uh, well, there's the, there's the North Cascades Institute Lodge, there's mm-hmm. the Ross Lake Resort, mm-hmm. and the Stahican Landing Resort are the mm-hmm. three, pla- three primary places. And the, com- the closest community to stay overnight, and let's say they want to be in hotels and motels, uh, out in a community, what would be the name of the community? Um, there would be three that I'd recommend. One is Burlington, Washington. The other is in uh, Winthrop, Washington. Okay. And then the last is uh, Chelan, Washington. Okay. Okay. Now, we only have a moment left, um, and we'll, some time we'll come in and I'll dive into some other things because you cannot say enough about the Cascade Mountain Range and what all of you are doing with the dedication to preserving it for the world and the planet. What is something you'd like to leave with your listeners today to learn more about? Um, I'd really encourage uh, I'd really encourage people to to bring uh, a child, a kid, oh, um, yeah. who uh, per, and per, perhaps uh, kids who've never gone for a hike or gone camping yeah. or visited a park. Yeah. I think the best thing that you could probably do for the future is of to make child. sure that every kid has an opportunity to go and spend a night or a couple of nights in a national park yeah. anywhere. Breathe that fresh air. You know, there's something, uh, Chip, about the mountains of our planet. They're for strength, courage, wisdom, and the breath of life. Go to the mountains, right? Yep. Go to the mountains. Well, thank you for everything you Well, thank you, you very much. You're all doing Come and, visit. and bless you. Keep up the good work, and the season's coming. Great. Okay, thank you, Chip. Take care. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Wow, isn't it exciting to have an earth and a planet? Remember, you're going through a lot of challenges out there with people trying to encourage and, and teach you that you're going through an enormous amount of stress, and they're going to put that on you, and, and they're going to constantly be reminding you. But guess what? There's, there's not stress. It's, it's a pressure. It's a challenge. There's obstacles. But you can do it. You can go forward. 
and leave the other people behind that are negative. Leave them behind. Uh, lack of experience, let's just say, in the world of living here together. The positive side is you are living on the planet is a family planet. This is a plan. It's like living in your home with the roof of your own family when you were growing up. Not everybody agrees, but you want to be positive. And it's the positive attitude that goes forward, take good care of your health, learn your part of the ecosystem, and you be positive about obstacles and challenges, and you will do it. They're going to be there. Drink a lot of water, eat your green vegetables, get the right amount of sleep, and always be kind to other people, whether you agree with them or not. Go forward. I want to thank you for listening to us, to us today. I think it was a very good show. we got a lot of shows planned. We're soon going to be through our second year. And we got a lot of new things planned for the future because we've learned now what our listeners are really wanting to hear. This is a planet. This is values. This is our breath. You are very important. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. But Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. You are important. Leave your footprint. Have a nice day and thank you for listening. is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A.